thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Hello, friends. Welcome once again to our podcast, and I thank you for downloading our podcast or even reading through our podcast transcripts through our blog, which is www.prayingwithimpact.com. And I'm very thankful and blessed to have you as an audience. We, again, as we always say, are broadcast over 31 countries in the world. So we are all over the place and we are very grateful for those who listen to us and pass on our message to others or even refer others to download this same podcast. We have had a very good successful year and we continue this year to go on ahead and pass on the word of God, giving you advice as even the Holy Spirit gives it to us so that you can do and be the best that God has called you to be. Now, today we have a very interesting topic which we all face but may not even realize that we are. And that a lot of people think that faith is only in some people or pastors or those preaching the gospel uh, so and so, but you know what? This is something that God put in each one of us so that we may fulfill the plans that He has for us. And so, our topic today is now faith is your own testimony already at work. What is faith? Your own testimony already at work. So, this is for you, this is for everyone. Don't feel left out because. You don't know certain scriptures, don't feel left out because you're not in full-time ministry. Again, if you follow what God has given each one of us, as we shall see in the scriptures, you are in this with us and we are in this all together. Actually, this our podcast and accompanying blog is about you. I want you to picture yourself in every scripture and testimony here by not looking at what could have been, but rather what is possible ahead of you. Don't think of what you could have done, but rather what you are going to do. You may need to change your path or even behavior or self-image. You have to see God first in his word and his promises regarding you as his creation, then put the shoes on, dress up, and come for the call of duty because we are all called to this duty. Now, First Peter uh, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 10 through 11 says this about you. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, I want you to look at that. 
as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In other words, there are many ways that God's grace shows up in his own creation. And you being one of his creations, you are one of those various, one of the various gifts that God has given his creation to do his work. Remember also Jesus said this regarding serving. The key word here is serving others. When you serve others as God has called you to, your own vision and dreams come to pass. That's what we are dealing with today is that you are going to see how faith is in you already. The seed of faith has been planted in you and you are going to do what God has called you to do as long as you walk that path of faith. And you don't have to be a priest, pastor, bishop or whatever. You can fulfill this yourself. In fact, the scripture goes on to say, Mark 10, 43. This is Jesus himself uh, talking because he's talking about service. And you know, these giftings come out when you start to serve, when you, got, when you have a heart to serve. He says this among those who believe in him. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. In other words, you have to serve others in order to be a leader. You may be in a position of leadership, but you are not a leader if you are not serving other people. So it's not about being in a chair or in a, in a title, holding a title. No, it's about fulfilling the purposes of that title according to God. We shall cover several scriptures, but I've chosen each one of them with the aim of you, the listener or the reader, seeing yourself as the subject God intended it to be. Okay, now we're going to have a theme scripture here, and it's going to be Hebrews 11.1, 1, and it goes like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But remember, I told you, faith is your own testimony already at work. Now, the scripture says it this way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I want you to really pay attention to those words. Substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Because I'm going to make it a little clearer here, okay? Now, we also have a goal scripture. I'll call it a goal scripture. In other words, it has this goal that we are chasing after, but there's an assurance and a promise in that goal. We are not left out there alone. And this is Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of you who listen to me know that this is one of my favorite scriptures. It goes like this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plan to give you hope and a future. See, there is the word hope again. Okay. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And here he says that he has plans to give you a hope and a future. So you see, God has already this ingrained and put it inside of us. All we have to do is work on it and let it grow out. So in this podcast, we are going to explore how our own lives are lived through boundaries of these two scriptures. Okay, which scriptures? Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says that... Uh, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And Jeremiah 29, 11, which says uh, that, uh, um, For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a hope. And that is God talking to you. Okay, so this is about you. These two boundary, boundary scriptures 
everything else is going to fall in between. The things we do and the scriptures that we're going to read are going to fall in between. And again, I want you to picture yourself in these scriptures. I want you to see yourself in every one of these examples and scriptures that we are going to get today. Now, this work, again, like I said, is populated by all these other scriptures. Don't be bogged down by one. You may be led by one or be bounded by another or be directed by another. Or the one that I may read may not even touch you yet. Okay? So, because the, why do we say that? Because in Second Corinthians uh, 5.7 it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So it's not the things that we see that we perform, uh, that we perform our duties, but it's the things that we have faith in because God has given us the assurance in these scriptures. And then he also promises us this way. He says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, what, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, even with all these promises, even with all these scriptures, you still don't have no idea what he has planned for you. You have not conceived it yet. You have not seen it yet. And your mind can't even you know, think it. That's how God works, okay? The Bible is amazing when it comes to connecting different scriptures. All we got to do is let the Holy Spirit guide us in reading these scriptures, okay? Now here... The Bible says in Luke 2, 16, 19, that many things were said about Jesus, okay? We're talking about now the scriptures. Even Jesus, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to live by what the things that were said about her son. And what I want you to get out of this reading here is that Mary contemplated on these things, thought about them, meditated about them. Many things are going to be said about you. Many things are going to be uh, said about your children. Many things are going to be said about your employees. Many things are going to be said about your students. But you will contemplate them. You'll take them in. You'll throw out some. you bring some in. That is your responsibility as a mentor, as a teacher, as a parent, as a guardian, okay? Once you see yourself in that light, you're going to see that you yourself are succeeding in what God has called you to do. Okay, so what does this scripture say in Luke uh, 2, 16, 19? It's about Mary, okay? Listen to this. Many things were said about Jesus, and Mary kept them in her heart and pondered them often. She pondered them often. Okay, now the walk of faith requires a lot of pondering on things that fulfill these scriptures or these promises that God has made to you or about you or about the work that you do. Many promises for us are directly from the Bible. So, you know, just like we have seen here in 29, 11 of Jeremiah, those are directly from the Bible. But some are going to be words spoken over us by other people around us, you know, from God's spirit to ours. But just remember, just even as God speaks about us, the enemy will also be planting his own. And this is where the pondering comes in and you throw out some, you take some others, okay? The scriptures above are by themselves loaded with innumerable possibilities. You can't even finish to count them. You know, many of us have a scripture of life or a saying of life. But you know, in that one saying of scripture, there will be so 
much in it. It is so powerful because that's how powerful God's word is. Just one line of scripture can lead you for years because from it, some other scriptures, some other things come out of it. That's how God is eternal. You can't finish him. He's he's too much for anything that we may even start to think. That's why he says that, you know what? No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has what prepared. And I want you to understand that the word is prepared. Not what God will be preparing, but God prepared for those who love him. The things that we need are all done. Because in the Bible, it also says in First Peter that um, he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything is there. In fact, David says this in uh, 20, in the 23rd Psalm, that his rod and his stuff, they comfort me. In other words, there's a guardrail already for us. For David, it was his rod and his stuff that they comfort him. When he knew he was going through the valley of the shadow of death, he, would, he realized that, hey, God is with me. God is going to help me. And so that's what we need to know and do is that God is with us. And so David said in Psalm 23 that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This gave him the assurance that in his spirit, that regardless of what he may face, God's presence and protection would always be there. Similarly, the confidence in what we believe comes from knowing that the path of faith that we are walking is authored by Christ himself. From its inception to its completion, it's authored by Christ. Because the Bible says that the act, you know, basically this act of faith that we are walking, our Lord is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one who is the boundary. He is the one who is the guardrail. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And our lives operate within those boundaries. Now, we're going to use the example of raising a child. Don't feel left out because you don't have a child. We're just using this because it's a natural thing that happens. Because even you yourself were raised as a child by your parents, by your mother, by your guardian, or whoever was raising you. So we know about raising children. We can picture it even if we don't have one. Okay, so don't feel left out. It could be if you're a teacher, you could bring that up uh, as you teach your class. These are children that God has given you to raise for that particular hour, that particular time. It could be mentoring people at work. God has given you those people to mentor and to bring up so that they can be the best they could be. And you can apply all these scriptures to all those things, okay? We saw in the scripture above how Mary, the mother of Jesus, pondered the word spoken over her son. Now, another example of words spoken over a son from the Bible are in the story of uh, Samson. This is a very interesting story and is found in uh, Judges 13, 2 through 25, when uh, the angel came and visited the um, um, uh, Manoah's wife. The background of the story is this. Manoah's wife was in the field working and she was barren. And an angel came to her and told her that you'll be having a son. And so after her work, she came up and told her husband that while I was at work, a man, an angel came to me and told me we're going to have a child. And Manoah's like, man, next time he comes, 
call me. He went to prayer. He prayed that God may bring that man back. And indeed he did. And when he came, she came this time and called her husband. Now, after verifying that indeed this was an angel, he said he had two questions to ask. I have used the background of these questions to counsel a lot of parents who are worried about, oh, what is my child doing? What are they going to be? They are not doing this and that. How do I get them to do schoolwork? How do I get them not to do this and the other? And Manoah had a similar uh, question to, for the angel. And it's in verse 12 of that scripture. It says this, What will the boy's vocation be and how should we raise him? That's very interesting. He just had two questions. But those are very powerful questions. What will his vocation be and how shall we raise him? In other words, what is he going to do? What's the plan that God has for him? The plan that is stated in Jeremiah 29, 11. For the plans I have for you are for the good and not for evil. The plans to help you succeed. But this is a child. So he says, how shall we raise him? In other words, how are we going to guide this child? Remember the Bible says in, a, um, in one of the Proverbs that show a child the way they should go. And when they grow, they will not depart from it. Manoah was basically using that same concept. How do I direct this boy? You say he's going to help us to overcome the Philistines. How am I going to do it as a parent? Now, I want you to know something about the power of faith. That is beyond the name and the messenger. Now, when Manoah got comfortable with the angel, he's like, what's your name? This is the difference between people sent by God and people who just talk. Remember we talked about that a lot of people will be saying things about your child or about your situation, but Mary pondered them before she could uh, confess them over her son or help her son grow up as Jesus, the son of God. Okay. Now, the same thing here is that when you ponder the things that God has given you, you are going to separate them from those that are not coming from you know, from the uh, from God Himself, there is power in the Word of God. Don't concentrate on the one who bears the message, okay? Because inside of us, there is the power to fulfill the intent of the Scripture. We have to focus on the given word and the source of that word, whether it's a declaration or a prophecy, and not on that messenger. Not on that person because you may look down on the messenger and they may be the ones bringing the word or you may exalt the messenger and they may not be the one bringing the word. So you have to be very careful. And Manoah, after he got comfortable with the angel, he says, hey, what's your name? And I want you to see what the angel said. The angel, you know, stressed that the glory and the sacrifice that may be given because of the word that he has brought has to go to God. And usually, people who give you a word, quote-unquote, from the Lord, if that word does not glorify God in the end, or if that word gives you this oomph in you and you're like, "Mm -mm," that exalts the person who brought the word, then you know your pondering has to be the filter to show that it's not from God. We should never forget the source of the word. In fact, when the angel was asked by Manoah, what's your name? 
he 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 refused to tell him the name he told him you have to give the glory and the sacrifice to god not to me uh, in fact we see the same thing in daniel uh, i think it was in daniel 12:32 because even under great blasphemy and pressure the bible says that but the people who know their god shall be strong and carry out great exploits you have to know your god you have to know the word of god you have to know the word is from god so that you may do those great exploits that god has given you or has prevent, uh, presented you as your you know as your uh, calling so throughout this broadcast presentation all the examples point to god they must all point to god and everything that we have picked even the scriptures for you are to point to god and one of the tools that the enemy uses very efficiently actually uh to come against the word of god that god has given you to ponder is the failure to recognize god through what i call false humility what do i mean by that see many times when god does something we don't want to give him the glory and the way we don't want to give him the glory is by failure to testify about what he has done now remember we cannot add anything to god by praising him and listen to that very carefully we cannot add anything to god by praising him or by giving him the glory or by testifying that he's the one who did it we can not even take away anything from him by not testifying or by not giving him the glory so in other words god is unchangeable by our actions so why do we do those things it's for us to recognize who god is because when we recognize who god is when we recognize that it's not our arm of flesh that did it as we go into his courts with thanksgiving and praise that it's him there's power in our testimony there's power for us to perform the things that he has called us to perform let me give you a scripture in revelation 12:11 it says this and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony god has given us the chance to overcome the devil in two ways one of the ways we have nothing to do with and that's the blood of jesus because he says by the blood of the lamb and what else the word of their testimony the devil does not want to hear us testify that it's god who did it that's why these angels That's why the people of God in the Bible say do not worship us it's not us we are men like you That's why this angel says you don't need to know my name to manor everything that you do you have to praise God and every sacrifice that you give has to be for the glory of God The devil doesn't want us to do that because once we lose track of giving God the glory once we lose track of sacrificing up unto God when our prayers and praise is not sacrificed unto god then the enemy wins because then we are praising or lifting up the name of somebody else by the name of the prophet the name of the pastor the name of the church the name of the denomination that's what god wants to get rid of us thinking that it's about the things that are made or the things that are presented they may be in the house of god but they may not be of god so you have to understand that 
Our praise and worship and glory and sacrifices, as the angel told Manoah, has to be to God, not to the presenter. It's not about the bishop. It's not about the pastor. It's not about even the pope. It's not about even the disciples. It's about Jesus. It's about God. That's why many times the disciples would say, do not, do not praise us. We are not gods. In the book of Acts, you find that several times. They say, we are not gods. We are men like you. But people like to praise and worship the things that they see. But here, remember, we walk by faith. It's not by sight, okay? So number two that the devil really likes to do is taking up God's glory upon ourselves. You see, we see here the angel refusing to take it. But many times when people give us accolades, we take it. Oh, you did this for me? No, 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 no. We all have to deflect it to God. It's not about me. It was God. I didn't do it. It was God. We have to show people that it's not about us. It's about God. Okay? And many areas in the Bible, you're going to find the people of God refusing to take that glory. The enemy does not want us to give glory to God. I want you to know that, that that's one of the ways Satan uses to take away that power of testimony, the power that God has given us in his word or in the calling. Now, I want you to know another thing, that faith is contagious. The faith that God has put in you, that seed that you're working on, the, the walk of faith that you're going through, God has made it contagious. When I was preparing this podcast, I was meditating on um, uh, Acts uh, 4.13 remembering how our mere presence before Christ can empower us. Where do I get that? If you look in Acts 4.13, uh, remember the people who are non-believers. They saw the disciples and they say, these are unlearned men. How can they do all these things? And they said, ah, they noticed that their power comes from them being around Jesus. Okay? You didn't, you don't, you know, just the association neutralizes the opposing forces. You don't have to know when or how it's going to be done, but it will happen. So what does the scripture say? It says this. Now, when they saw that the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. They realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Let me tell you something. When you have been around Jesus and things around you start happening, when miracles or what we perceive as miracles, things that seem to be impossible are being done by you who is untrained, unlearned, or whatever, the, uh, you are not supposed to be this or the other. When people see that you can do those things, the opposition will melt. The Bible here says that they could not see nothing against them. Can you imagine if leaders, mentors, guardians, or parents hung around Jesus, uh, so to speak? Imagine the domino effect on those that they lead. You know, a pastor friend of mine um, wrote in his book, uh, which is called Now Faith Is, that faith is contagious. The Bible says in another way, in Proverbs 22, uh, 6, that train and show a child the way they should go, and when they are grown, they will not depart from it. In other words, they will be infected. Faith is contagious. You know, contagious faith. 
gives purpose to people. I'll give you an example of a contagious faith. You know, when you have contagious faith around you. This happened in the Bible when Paul and Silas were in prison. The Bible says that at midnight they were singing and they were praising the Lord. And all they did was to believe they were praising him. That there is God, even though they are in jail, even though they are in prison, they were worshipping him. They knew, they were not even thinking about their freedom. But because of that praise and worship of God, because of lifting up God, their chains broke. These are physical chains. Well, I think the best thing is to read it for you. This is what he says. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed and the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out loud and said, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Now, I want you to stop there for a minute. Immediately, all the doors were opened and every change were loose in verse 26. When you praise and worship God, those chains that are binding you, those doors that are locked around you, they'll fall open. Okay? The, The chains will be loosed. The prison doors, whatever it is that's been holding you back, it will be opened. And those very... People who have been holding you back, like this jailer here, they'll be the same ones opening the doors for you because you have praised God, because you have given all glory to God. Because remember, I told you, you don't even know when or how it's going to happen. Paul and and Silas didn't even know when and how it's going to happen. All they did is praise the Lord at midnight. They are supposed to be sleeping and crying and doing all those, but they were praising God. And then the chains, pound, pound, one by one, started to let go. You see? And then he is the one now telling them, don't harm yourself. Now, the thing about us who believe in God, who do great exploits despite the circumstances, are forgivers. You have to forgive and help that same person because the devil is the one who is against them and you. Okay? So now here Paul says, Do not harm yourself. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is very important, okay? Remember, we've been talking about not pointing to you. Many of us today will be saying, oh, show me, show me the door and I'll do this for you. I'll, hey, listen, I got this God behind me. If you do this and this, he will do this for you. But see what Paul and Silas said. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Then he spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Can you imagine? You tell people to look to Jesus, not to look at you, not to look at what they did to you or didn't do for you. Instead, point them to Jesus. Tell them for you to get to a better place, acknowledge Jesus Christ. Okay, that's our mission. And it took them to the sa- uh, in the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. 
the people who will be striking you will be washing your wounds whatever they are they may be wounds physical they may be wounds emotional they may be wounds financial they will be undoing those things on you okay and immediately all his family were baptized now when he had brought them into his house he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in god with his household see this is the same man who had jailed them who was guarding them now he's rejoicing that he has come to know god the people around us should rejoice that they came to know god despite what the past was it's not what was in the past it is what it is now and from now on our mission is for to lead people to the future that points to jesus christ that points to god that is the faith that we have the faith that will take away all this pain all these um things that are against us so that we can lead to Christ others especially those who are our oppressors especially those who have taken away from us and especially those who God has given us to lead to mentor to show the way to Christ when we do that we shall do great exploits when we do that then now faith is becoming our own testimony remember in revelation at the end of the bible it says that they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony this faith is now faith is as it says in hebrews 11 becoming the testimony that we are going to carry to destroy the works of satan the works of the enemy because revelation 12:11 says and they destroyed him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony we have nothing to do with the blood of the lamb because that is jesus territory we have everything to do with our testimony this testimony that we have involves serving others if we want to be great in the kingdom of god in destroying the enemy we have to serve others that's what they tell us that's what jesus says that for him who wants to lead you have to serve others any leader any person who thinks that they are where they are because of their own arm of flesh they are not serving god they are not walking the walk of faith that god has put in each one of us okay that testimony of the uh, uh, of of walking that faith is what's leading us let me tell you I have seen it in my own life. I have seen it with my children. Okay, we are not any family that's different than any other. We have had issues just like any other human family because we are men and women like you. However, one of the things that we have done is we have believed in Jeremiah 29:11 that God has a plan for each one of us and each one of our children. I was looking at my last son who graduated in a certain major and um I remember when he was a child and I I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a photographer you know at heart I like to take pictures of everything I get in trouble for taking pictures of everyone in the family but they become an instant testimony because I was looking at a picture of this young boy when he was facing uh, a computer and I remember and this was at four years old and he was always on this mark 
the, the mark was way bigger than him. The keys were bigger. But guess what? When, when I saw his degree from a major university in that field, I realized that the plans that God had for him were for good and not for evil. For me, I was looking at video games. You're always on the video games. Go do some studying. But God had a plan for him. He had planted it in him and he was to get his degree in computing. Now, another one, another one of my sons, when he was younger, remember Manoah said this? He said, "How? what would his vocation be and how shall we raise him? Well, one of my sons, for some reason, we took him everywhere they can do math. Because actually, <laughs> I was talking with him not too long ago, and I said, you see how God works? We took you to everything that helps with math. And he says, oh, Dad, you know, uh, you're saying God, God, but that's because I was having a hard time in math. I said, but you're a little kid. And we took him to Kumon. We took him to Mathnesium. We took him to Aim for A. We took him for all those things, math. And I told him, well, how come we didn't take anybody else to math, uh, uh, to math tutoring but you? He said, well, because... Because I had problems with math. No, he didn't have any more problem than anybody else. Yes, it wasn't easy on him, but guess what? I remember taking him to one of those, Kumon, I think it was. All I saw was a a stream of numbers up and down, and I'm like, what are we paying this for? Just numbers. They were showering him with numbers going down, uh, you know, down this way, up this way, straight, across and everything. I didn't see any pattern in it. But God was training him because he got his master's in accounting. Okay. And he ended up working for the number one firm in the world. So I'm thinking, oh, I was telling him, see how God knew where you're going. And I was telling him about his brother. See, he was always into this. And now look. And guess what? I look at my girls too. It's the same thing. One of these girls always wanted to teach the others. She would get up a board and say, this and this. And they were little girls. And one would sit down and would be listening. And this one was teacher. I'm teaching you this and this and this and this and that. And I'm thinking, is she going to be a teacher? Well, she is, but a different kind of teacher. Because her job now is to train young people, young men and women who have lost their way into corporate world, okay, into corporate world. That's her job, and she's a manager in this place where she works for that purpose, okay. God saw this in the beginning. Show a child the way they should go, and they will not depart from it when they are grown. We just provided things for her, and she used it as a board to teach her, uh, you know, siblings, as she was a child, she would take a little thing like pretending to be a teacher. How about the other one? The other one was like an advocate for people. She always would defend kids. Uh, she, I remember one time we were at a, um, a religious meeting. They were all little kids. They were all in the, uh, uh, the children's church. And then one of the boys took a toy from her own brother. And so I saw this girl, I was telling my wife that not too long ago. I said, listen, I saw this girl going after that boy who was bigger than her and said, give it back to him. Don't you see he's a little boy? Don't you see he's a baby? And at that, I don't know why I remember, well, now I do why I remember that. 
I remember it so well and it's many years ago. But guess what? This young lady now, she went on to get a master's degree from the most prominent university, I won't say which, and her job is to lobby for young pro- uh, people's programs in government. Okay? She has advised governors. She has advised uh, departments of education in uh, uh, big cities. That's what it takes for someone who shows their child the way they should go, that they may not depart from it when they are grown. We didn't know what we were doing, but we were walking a walk of faith. So I'm encouraging parents. I know I'm going to get in trouble with this, uh, these testimonies, but you know what? The enemy doesn't want us to give testimonies to help other people in the same situations. We are not different than anybody else. But guess what? When you do those things, when you walk by faith, not by sight, when you walk by faith, not by what you have, when you walk by faith, not by what you are able to do, God works miracles. Jeremiah 29, 11 comes to pass, not just in your life, but in the lives of others. You start leading others to Christ, even as Silas and Paul led the person who had jailed them to Christ, him and his household. They became members of the same family of Christ. So I'm saying this, that this faith that is out there, Now faith is, when you go to that scripture that says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You already have it in you as we have seen in the scriptures. Go read those scriptures again. Because God has said that what he has prepared for you, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has for those who love him. So my friend, continue to believe and trust in God. Listen to these scriptures. Go read them on our blog, www.prayingwithimpact.com. Download our app. Just go on Google or on the App Store for iOS. Type in AfriChrist Prayer Ministries or AfriChrist and you'll see our app come down. Everything that we do is in that app. Even this podcast, all this Uh, transcripts for these blogs are going to be in there. Read them. Ponder over them. Over your situation. Could be a child. Could be the job. Could be leadership a role in somewhere else. Ponder over them. You will see God do marvelous things. So my friends, once again, thank you for listening to us. And don't forget, we can be downloaded from anywhere you hear or listen to your podcast. Anywhere in the world. Be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, uh, any of them. We are there. We are all over the world. And I thank God. This very ministry is a walk of faith. I've given testimony before how we we put it together. It's amazing that now you can just type in AfriChrist Prayer Ministry. Just go try it. Google and blam, it will be all over the place. But we walked by faith. It wasn't what we see. When we started it, the word podcast was new. No one knew what it was all about. Fifteen years ago, I was one of the first people on Apple Podcasts. I'm kind of like grandfathered in there. Same thing with websites. It's because it's a walk of faith. It's not what you see, but it's what you believe. And let that which you believe be God 
be of Jesus Christ and let all the glory go to him. Even as we have seen in the scriptures that the angel telling Manoah, you don't need to know my name. All your sacrifices and all the glory should be to God. Read that in, in, in Judges. It's amazing when you start to see scriptures the way God intended them to be. So we thank you for listening in and I'm going to pray that God may lead and guide you in your path of faith, in your walk of faith, so that you may reach that destination which is Jesus Christ. Because why? He said he is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the alpha and the omega. If your walk doesn't end up in the omega Jesus Christ, if your walk did not start with the alpha Jesus Christ, redo it. Go back. You will save time. It's never too late. Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. We thank you for blessing us with your presence. Because the disciples, the Bible says that they were perceived to be unlearned men. But because they had been around Jesus Christ, those people knew and they could not question the results of what they saw. Because even the man who was healed was among them. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that even for this brother, sister, or whoever it is who listens to this or who reads this blog, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that they will have their eyes open. Because even Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He said, Open the eyes of their understanding that they may see the power directed to us what who believe. Because we who believe, there is a power directed to us word that will cause us to do marvelous things. Those who believe their God will do great exploits. That's what the Bible says. So I pray for this person, Father, that they may do great exploits exploits, that it's never too late, that the time will seem like it's rewinding and they will go back from the beginning. You can squeeze the time because, Father, even your son gave us an example that some people came to work at nine o'clock, some people came to work at noon, and some people came to work at five just before time off. But the Bible said they were all given the same reward because it's about the faithfulness. It's about the answer to the call. So in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that people will listen and hear the call. Those who have done great and marvelous things, let them give the glory to you because they may say, oh, I've done this, I've I've got all this money. Father, let them realize that every sacrifice, even as that angel could have taken the glory for announcing the good news, which was going to happen anyway, but he had nothing to do with taking that glory of God. Instead, he said, it's God. And he pointed to every sacrifice to be given unto God. So, Father, in the same way, I give and point to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Even the testimonies I've given about my own children, Father, I point to you. The enemy doesn't want us to give those testimonies because some will say they are bragging. Some will say that ain't nothing. But Lord, Heavenly Father, there is power in the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why you said that they destroyed him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The devil doesn't want us to testify. And some of those people who don't want to hear the testimony are in church. 
are in church, they down other people's testimony because they feel like their own is greater. That's because they are pointing to themselves. But Father, I point to you. I humbly point to you. And I pray that my brothers and sisters who hear this, who are praying with me, will point to you and they will see power come out of that testimony. Things that they never expected in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be glorified, Father, now and forever. Amen.